Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read ACIMOE. Also at that website, there's a tab called Lesson Sign Up, and there you can subscribe to receive a daily excellent email that includes both the text as well as the lesson for the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about uh, 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 31, The Simplicity of Salvation, with Section 2. The Illusion of an Enemy. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 326. I am forever an effect of God. And if among ourselves we can agree on someone who'd like to volunteer to lead our lesson reflection at the top of the hour, that would be just marvelous, as Fran is otherwise committed this morning. Okie dokie. So, oh gee, by way of opening this morning, uh, what a gift it was. Just a second, let me welcome some newcomers. Good morning. Good morning. I'm listening. Hi. Thank you. Good morning. Uh huh. Thank you, Harrison. And good morning. All right, so um, by way of opening, I am forever an, an effect of God. I was really happy um, to receive a last-minute direction for this poem, which is absolutely and utterly perfect for the day. I am forever an effect of God. It's from Teresa of Avalon. And it's called, As I Found the Source. When your soul was born, it was like a still ocean that had yet to experience its infinite life. God then came to the shores of our souls and gazed upon the immaculate splendor that his divine heart created. He then took off his clothes and dove into us. Nothing on their own, nothing on their own have your arms ever done. The movements of your feet are caused by the waves he stirred. Light baptizes life wherever it falls. In every religion and all upon this earth is a shadow. A shadow may move, but it has no real power of its own. Though it can affect the weak and frighten them, and men can use that darkness to exploit others. As I found the source of all we do, as I found the source of all our desires, so humble God became, he admitted. Yes, I cost all things. I am forever an effect of God. Amen. That was perfect. Thank you, Lori. Mm-hmm. 
I'm thanking Holy Spirit for that direction this morning. <laughs> so, anyway, here's our reading list this morning so far. We have Lemoyne, Karen, Jessica, and Judy. And we're joined in listening this morning by Harrison. Whoops, let's see, I think... I think someone just fell off our list. Yeah, we'll see if she can get back on. Um, so, that's it for us. Lemoyne, Karen, Jessica, and Judy. And Harrison's listening. Oh, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Hi, Robbie. Hi, I'm going to listen. I'm, I'm so late today. But I'm listening. That's okay. All righty. Glad you're here. Are we, meet, are we meeting tomorrow? Yes, we are. Okay. Thanks. Uh-huh. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I'm glad you asked that. So here we go. Today, in Chapter 31, in Section 2, The Illusion of an Enemy. This is good stuff. Today, we start at Paragraph 13. An ancient lesson is not overcome by the opposing of the new and the old. It is not vanquished that the truth be known, nor fought against to lose to truth's appeal. There is no battle which must be prepared, no time to be expended, and no plans that need be laid for bringing in the new. There is an ancient battle being waged against the truth, but truth does not respond. Who could be hurt in such a war unless he hurts himself? He has no enemy in truth. And can he be assailed by dreams? He has no enemy in truth. And can he be assailed by dreams? Moin. Chapter 31, The Simplicity of Salvation, Section 2, The Illusion of an Enemy. An ancient lesson is not overcome by the opposing of the new and old. It is not vanquished that the truth be known, nor fought against to lose the truth's appeal. There is no battle which must be prepared, no time to be expended, and no plans that need be laid for bringing in the new. There is an ancient battle being waged against the truth, but the truth, excuse me, but truth does not respond. Who could be hurt in such a war unless he hurts himself? He has no enemy in truth, And can he be assailed by dreams? Let us review again what seems to stand between you and the truth of what you are. For there are steps in its relinquishment. The first is the decision that you make. But afterwards, the truth is given you. You would establish truth. And by your wish, you set two choices to be made each time you think you must decide on anything. Neither is true. 
nor are they different. Yet must we see them both before you can look past them to the one alternative that is a different choice. But not in dreams you made that this might be obscured to you. Thank you, Lemoyne. Uh, Karen. Let us review again what seems to stand between you and the truth of what you are. For there are steps in in its relinquishment. The first is a decision that you make. But afterwards, the truth is given you. You would establish truth, and by your wish, you set two choices to be made each time you think you must decide on anything. Neither is true, nor are they different. Yet must we see them both before you can look past them to the one alternative that is a different choice, but not in dreams you made that this might be obscured to you. 15. What you would choose between is not a choice and gives but the illusion it is free for it will have one outcome either way. Thus is it really not a choice at all. The leader and the follower emerge as separate roles, each seeming to possess advantages you would not want to lose. So in perfusion, there appears to be the hope of satisfaction and of peace. You see yourself divided in both these roles, forever split between the two. And every friend or enemy becomes a means to help you save yourself from this. Thank you, Karen. Jessica. 15. What you would choose between is not a choice and gives but the illusion it is free. For it will have the outcome. It will have one outcome either way. Thus, is it really not a choice at all? The leader and the follower emerge as separate roles, each seeming to possess advantages you would not want to lose. So in their fusion, there appears to be the hope of satisfaction and of peace. You see yourself divided into both these roles, forever split between the two. And every friend or enemy becomes a means to help you save yourself from this. Perhaps you call it love. Perhaps you think that it is murder justified at last. You hate the one you gave the leader's role when you would have it. And you hate as well his not assuming it. At times, you want to let the follower in you arise and give away the role of leadership. And this is what you made your brother for and learn to think that this his purpose is. Unless he serves it, he has not fulfilled the function that was given him by you. He has no purpose. Whoops. 
And thus he merits death because he has no purpose and no usefulness to you. Thank you, Jessica. Uh, And Judy. Judy, you're on mute, I think. Yes, I was. Thank you, Lori. Perhaps you call it love. Perhaps you think that it is murder justified at last. You hate the one you gave the leader's role when you would have it, and you hate as well his not assuming it. At times you want to let the follower in you arise and give away the role of leadership. And this is what you made your brother for and learned to think that this has, or that this his purpose is. Unless he serves it, it is not fulfilled the function that was given him by you. And thus he merits death because he has no purpose and no usefulness to you. And what of him? What does he want of you? What could he want but what you want of him? Herein is life as easily as death. For what you choose, you choose as well for him. Two calls you make to him as he to you. Between these two is choice. Because from them, there is a different outcome. If he be the leader or the follower to you, it matters not, for you have chosen death. But if he calls for death or calls for life, for hate or for forgiveness and for help, is not the same in outcome. Hear the one and you are separate from him and are lost. But hear the other, and you join with him. And in your answer is salvation found. The choice you hear in him is but your own. What does he ask you for? And listen well, for he is asking what will come to you, because you see an image of yourself and hear your voice requesting what you want. Should I stop there? Um, yeah, because I want to really highlight that paragraph another time, Judy. Okay. Um, so is there a new reader? Thank you. Who would like to do 17, 18, and 19? 17, 18, I and could 19. do that. Well, okay. thanks, Rob Marie. All right, 17, 18, and 19. And what of him? What does he want of you? What could he want but what you want of him? Herein is life as easily as death. For what you choose, you choose as well for him. Two calls you make to him, as he to you. Between these two is choice. Is choice, because from them there is a different outcome. If he be the leader or the follower to you, it matters not. For you have chosen death. 
But if he calls for death or calls for life, for hate or for forgiveness and for help, is not the same in outcome. Hear the one, and you are separate from him and are lost. But hear the other, and you join with him, and in your answer is salvation found. The voice you hear in him is but your own. What does he ask for? And listen well, for he is asking what will come to you, because you see an image of yourself and hear your voice requesting what you want. Before you answer, pause to think of this. The answer that I give my brother is what I am asking for, and what I learn of him is what I learn about myself. Thank you, Robin Marie. And let's see, the way to do this, I think, for the next reader, if the next reader could read from the sentence in paragraph 17 that begins with but, but if he calls for death or calls for life, and read all the way down through paragraph 20. Is there a new reader for that? I can read it. I'm not thank sure. You. Okay, I see. Yeah. <coughs> okay, thanks, Harrison. <coughs> but if he calls for death or calls for life, for hate or for forgiveness and for help, is not the same in outcome. Here's the one, and you are separate from him and are lost. But hear the other, and you join with him. And in your answer is salvation found. The voice you hear in him is but your own. What does he ask you for? And listen well, for he is asking what will come to you because you see an image of yourself and hear your voice requesting what you want. Eighteen, before you answer, pause to think of this. Nineteen, the answer that I give my brother is what I am asking for. And what I learn of him is what I learn about myself. 20. Then let us wait an instant and be still. Forgetting everything we thought we heard remembering how much we do not know. This brother neither leads nor follows us, but walks beside us on the self-same road. He is like us, as near or far away from what we want 
as we will let him be. We make no change he does not make with us, and we fall back if he does not advance. Take not his hand in anger, but in love, for in his progress do you count your own, and we go separately along the way unless you keep him safely by your side. Thank you, Harrison. And is there another new reader for 20 and 21? All right, back to you, Lemoyne. Okay, I'm going to read 19 again. The answer that I give my brother is what I am asking for, and what I learn of him is what I learn about myself. Then let us wait an instant and be still, forgetting everything we thought we heard, remembering how much we do not know. This brother neither leads nor follows us, but walks beside us on the self-same road. He is like us, as near or far away from what we want as we will let him be. We make no gains he does not make with us, and we fall back if he does not advance. Take not his hand in anger, but in love, for in his progress do you count your own. And we go separately along the way unless you keep him safely by your side. Because he is your equal in God's love, you will be saved from all appearances and answer to the Christ who calls to you. Be still and listen. Think not ancient thoughts. Forget the dismal lessons that you learned about this Son of God who calls to you. Christ calls to all with equal tenderness, seeing no leaders and no followers, and hearing but one answer to them all. Because he hears one voice, he cannot hear a different answer from the one he gave when God appointed him his only son. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Karen. 21. Because he is your equal in God's love, you will be saved from all appearances and answer to the Christ who calls to you. Be still and listen. Think not ancient thoughts. Forget the dismal lessons that you learned about this Son of God who calls to you. Christ calls to all with equal tenderness, seeing no leaders and no followers, and hearing but one answer to them all. Because he hears one voice, he cannot hear a different answer from the one he gave when God appointed him his only son. 
22. Be very still an instant. Come without all thoughts of what you ever learned before and put aside all images you made. The old will fall away before the new without your opposition or intent. There will be no attack upon the things you thought were precious and in need of care. There will be no assault upon your wish to hear a call that never has been made. Nothing will hurt you in this holy place to which you come to listen silently and learn the truth of what you really want. No more than this will you be asked to learn. But as you hear it, you will understand you need but come away without the thoughts you did not want and that were never true. Oh, what a precious paragraph. Thank you, Karen and Jessica. Uh, Jessica, are you on mute? Okay, perhaps Jess has stepped away for a minute. Um, So, Judy, would you like to do um, paragraph 22 and 23, please? Yes, gratefully. Thank you. Be very still an instant. Come without all thought of what you ever learned before and put aside all images you made. The old will fall away before the new without your opposition or intent. There will be no attack upon the things you thought were precious and in need of care. There will be no assault upon your wish to hear a call that never has been made. Nothing will hurt you in this holy place to which you come to listen silently and learn the truth of what you really want. No more than this will you be asked to this, asked to learn. But as you hear it, you will understand. You need but come away without the thoughts you did not want and that were never true. Forgive your brother all appearances, which are but ancient lessons that you taught yourself about the sinfulness in you. Hear but his call for mercy and release from all the fearful images he holds of what he is and of what you must be. He is afraid to walk with you and thinks perhaps a bit behind, a bit ahead would be a safer place for him to be. Can you make progress if you think the same, advancing only when he would step back and falling back when he would go ahead? 
for so do you forget the journey's goal, which is but to decide to walk with him, so neither leads nor follows. Thus, it is the way you go together, not alone. In this and in this choice is learning's outcome changed, for Christ has been reborn to both of us, to both of you. (laughs) I got goosebumps all over. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Judy. Um, And Jessica, uh, are you back? Can you read 23 and 24? Yes, I can. Sorry, I got a phone call. Thank you, dear. No problem. Uh, 23, forgive your brother all appearances, which are but ancient lessons that you taught yourself about the sinfulness in you. Hear but his call for mercy and release from all... Wait a minute, sorry. Hear but his call for mercy and release from all the fearful images he holds of what he is and of what you must be. He is afraid to walk with you and thinks perhaps a bit behind, a bit ahead, would be a safer place for him to be. Can you make progress if you think the same, advancing only when he would step back and falling back when he would go ahead? For so do you forget the journey's goal which is but to decide to walk with him, so neither leads nor follows. Thus, it is a way you go together, not alone. And in this choice is learning's outcome changed, for Christ has been reborn to both of you. Hope. 24. An instant spent without your old ideas of who your great companion is and what he should be asking for will be enough to let this happen. And you will perceive his purpose is the same as yours. He asks for what you want and needs the same as you. It takes perhaps a different form in him, but it is not the form you answer to. He asks and you receive. For you have come with but one purpose, that you both may learn you love each other with a brother's love. And as a brother, must his father be the same as yours, as he is like yourself. Oh, thank you, Jessica. Um, Let's see. Went to Judy and let's see. Harrison, no, Robin Marie would be next. And Robin Marie, are you able to read again? 24 and 25? Yes. Great, thank you. 24. An instant spent without your old ideas of who your great companion is and what he should be asking for will be enough to let this happen. And you will perceive his purpose is the same as yours. He asks for what you want and needs the same as you. 
It takes perhaps a different form in him, but it is not the form you answer to. He asks and you receive, for you have come with but one purpose, that you both may learn you love each other with a brother's love, and as a brother, must his father be the same as yours, as he is like yourself. 25. Together is your joint inheritance remembered and accepted by you both. Alone it is denied to both of you. Is it not clear that while you still insist on leading or on following, you think you walk alone and with no one by your side? This is the road to nowhere, for the light cannot be given while you walk alone, and so you cannot see which way you go. And thus there is confusion and a sense of endless doubting as you stagger back and forward in the darkness and alone. Yet these are but appearances of what the journey is and how it must be made. For next to you is one who holds the light before you so that every step is made in certainty and sureness of the road. A blindfold can indeed obscure your sight, but cannot make the way itself grow dark. And he who travels with you has the light. Thank you, Robin Marie. Um, and Harrison? 25. Together is your joint inheritance remembered and accepted by you both alone. It is denied to both of you. Is it not clear that while you insist on leading or on following, you think to walk alone with no one by your side? This is the road to nowhere. So the light cannot be given while you walk alone. And so you cannot see which way you go. And thus there is confusion and a sense of endless doubting as you stagger back and forth in the darkness and alone. Yet these are but appearances of what the journey is and how it must be made. For next to you is capital one who holds the light before you so that every step is made in certainty and sureness of the road. A blindfold can indeed obscure your sight, but cannot make the way itself grow dark. And capital he who traveled with you has the light. Thank you, Harrison, and thank you, everyone. Uh, who's lent their voice uh, to this beautiful section, The Illusion of an Enemy. 
And as I mentioned earlier, um, Fran uh, had to be away this morning. So uh, we're looking for someone who feels uh, who feels like they'd like to lead our reflection this morning uh, on this beautiful lesson. I am forever in effect of God. Has anyone given some thought to that? I can do it as always. Oh, thank you, Harrison. Let's take that pause now. Thank you. I'll try to follow Fran's outline. We're in part two of the workbook. And uh, our uh, section is what is creation. And I'll just read a couple of paragraphs uh, from that section. Creation is the opposite of all illusions, for creation is the truth. Creation is the Holy Son of God, for in creation is his will complete in every aspect, making every part container of the whole. Its oneness is forever guaranteed and violated, forever held within his holy will beyond all possibility of harm, of separation, imperfection, and of any spot upon his sinlessness. We are creations. We, the whole, we, the sons of God, we seem to be discreet and unaware of our eternal unity with him. Yet back of all our doubts, past all our fears, there's still the certainty. So love remains with all its thoughts, its sureness being theirs. God's memory is in our holy minds, which know their oneness and their unity with their Creator. Let our function be only to let this memory return, only to let God's will be done on earth, only to be restored to sanity and to be as God created us. Lesson 326, I am forever an effect of God. Father, I was created in your mind a holy thought 
Amen. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. I I don't think so. I just got a call from her. Um. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Looks like something's happening there. Maybe to her phone. <sighs> I'm back. I think can't access yeah. the internet, but I'm here. <laughs> I'm sorry I missed the end of that. But thank you, Harrison. This is one of the dumbest lessons that early on, um, when I first started the course, I would close the book. Uh, I just couldn't imagine myself being um, what seems to be described in this lesson. Um, Let me know that I'm not sure. 
an effect of God. And so I had the power to create what God. It's a pretty powerful statement. And it's certainly not like I have saw myself or anyone else. But over the years, I've come to understand that child and I are indistinguishable. What he is, I am. That's what it means to be created in his likeness and image. And more and more, I'm beginning to accept that I am forever an effect of God. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. I'm very grateful. Um, I can't tell if you've, if you heard me, thank you, Harrison, but I'm so grateful for that share. And, um, I'm so grateful for the lesson and the reading today. And so grateful for every opportunity to recognize a brother is myself. And, um, and I, I, I can't, um, I hope I can be heard. Uh, I don't want to be stepping on anyone in case I can't hear. Um, Lemoyne, can you tell me if everything's okay? We can hear you fine, Lori. Okay, all right. You're fine. Mechanism. <laughs> Not only that, Lori, but you're clearer and more beautiful than you were on the phone. This is Mindy. I love it. Please, talk okay. away. Okay. Okay. I might, because um, there's two people out there at my board outside the house, and I might just fall away. But um, but here's the thing. Um, it is possible, even in this world, even in a body, 
even seeing a brother in a body, to recognize that we all share one capital S self. And whenever that happens, like he says in paragraph 22 and 23, whenever that happens, there's nothing to compare. You know, um, the first time that happened to me, I'm just going to be as honest as I can be. I thought this is, you know, we've all been sexual people. This is more magnificent than an orgasm, you know, because it's effortless to realize that within my heart, within your heart, within our collective consciousness, the sonship, we contain each other, you know, and, and we look out and we see an appearance and that becomes very disorienting and confusing. And then we see behavior and, and we think, oh, gee, you know, I, I'd never do that. And so pretty soon I've got this shadow. Um, this I would never do that shadow, you know, and, and that I'd never do that shadow I cast upon someone else. And now I don't recognize myself my person nor do I recognize my brother why because I've obscured both our realities in this shadow you know there's there's a there's a quote in the course that says no one can fail but your idea of him and see with this shadow thing I project I've got this idea of him and now I see that instead of truth but when I look, and that's exactly what it says in paragraph 22 and 23, look, paragraph 22, look and wait in silence. And isn't that just um, our admonition in the word forgiveness? Look and wait and judge not. And let Holy Spirit reveal to me. Let Holy Spirit reveal to my mind and to this brother's mind that we are oneself. You know, what happens to the illusion of an enemy in the presence of that? What happens to the illusion of a separate glory or a separate you in the presence of that? You know, and that's the most, I will say in my experience, splendid miracle that's that's possible in this world is to realize we share one capital S self and every time it works every time every time I stop like he says in paragraph 23 and listen to Holy Spirit I'm going to discover I'm hearing myself just like it says I hear but my own voice I see but my own self he asks us so many places, you know, you can see in two ways, you can hear two voices. You choose your guide for seeing. And in order to make that choice, I look in before I look out. And when I look in, I choose my guide for seeing. And then I look out and see what my guide shows me. You see? And, and in that revelation... Um, that's both a revelation and a miracle you know it's a miracle that leads to revelation the revelation that 
we contain each other in our being. And how did God create this this splendid effect? You know, except that there's one effect of source. There's one effect of source. And that effect is the self we share. And so every time, I mean to say every time, I look and wait and ask for truth. The truth will come to me in such a way that I realize this this arrangement, this situation, this person, this whatever it is, has been brought into my awareness for a purpose, a splendid purpose, the purpose we both share to recognize our joint inheritance together. And that doesn't bless me alone. That blesses whomever I share that situation with in ways I could never know, nor do I need to know. I don't. Um, But I have every assurance, I mean every certainty, that that happened for a holy purpose, and that holy purpose of unity will be achieved. And um, and what a way to walk this life, you know. Uh, now, uh, events, even events that I would have otherwise rejected, have meaning. Have meaning because of purpose. We're told in this work that purpose unifies. And every every day I sit down to do a lesson. You know, there's a holy purpose. There's a holy key in that lesson, and as I apply what's in there, as I find that key, I unlock some awareness in my own mind that causes uh, a sense of expansion and fullness. And when that expansion and fullness includes another living being, um, that's what he means when he says, the one capital who walks with you holds the light. This is the way Christ awareness uh, comes to my mind and heart. And now I no longer feel like he is a separate personage managing my boat. He's my capital self that I share, not because we're separate bodies, but because we have the same purpose to recognize that we are both connected together, sharing a consciousness of love, regardless of how it appears externally. You see, there's so much, so much, um, he, he asks us so many times, look within, go within, recognize the truth within the altar is the only thing that's true. And when I find and stay with that altar because I've looked and waited in the silence, he says the light from that altar will show me what can really be seen and loved and known and followed home. There is no journey but to walk with him. And... um, I'm sorry if I said anything offensive in that share, but that's uh, straight out of my heart. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Lord. 
from your heart to mine. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for your share, Lori. I, really, just my heart singing in, in um, the words that you spoke of expansiveness and in, in, that, um, in that all-inclusive sense of oneself um, has really been my experience the last couple days with this yesterday's lesson, all I... All things I think I see reflect ideas um, in the text reading from yesterday about the voice, the one voice, as you, you spoke of it, seeing through one set of, set of eyes, the eyes of Christ or the eyes of God himself, um, and listening to the one voice um, and hearing one voice as our own voice, our one, own one voice, it has really been a powerful experience in looking and seeing, even through the eyes, the body's eyes, um, which no longer seem to interfere because um, in my desire to see everything through Christ, Christ's eyes, leaving behind everything I, th- I think I know, all the memories of my past, without thought at all, has been my practice for a long time. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been practicing that seeing, seeing, just seeing, no Judy seeing, just seeing, and nothing being seen, so there's no perceiver and no, nothing perceived, there's just seeing. And that's how God sees. And in the um, listening, there's no listener, there's no Judy in there listening through Judy. She's gone. There's just listening and listening to what the call for love is, everything calling to itself, that, that new inter- interpretation that puts something into words that's very hard to describe in experiencing it. The one voice, the one sight, one vision. 
and, and reading this creation theme really has um, expanded it, but at the same time brought it home to me that it's all within me, that nothing is outside of me, in the one mind, in the one heart, the wholehearted embrace of what I'm listening to, what I'm listening for, what, what is it that needs to be heard, what is it that wants to be seen and heard. And um, in the creation theme where it speaks of, you have to look back at the book, it's in um, the third, third paragraph, the first paragraph that you read for us here, it's in, um, and in creation is the Holy Son, one capital Son of God, for in creation is His, His, capital His will, complete in every aspect, making every part container of the whole. Its oneness is forever guaranteed inviolate, forever held within capital His, holy will, beyond all possibility of harm, separation, imperfection, and of any spot upon its sinlessness. That's how God thinks. That's how God thinks and sees and hears himself in everything. That there's no separation, no distinction. Like you you said in your share, Harrison, there's nothing distinguishing me from anything else in that one sight, that one vision, that just seeing without Judy in between. Take the Judy out. <laughs> There's no thoughts in between holiness and what holiness sees as itself. Innocence, what innocence sees as itself. Kindness, what kindness sees as itself. Capital itself. It's only self. It's one self. And, and the beauty of that dawning upon me in an experiential way is like, it's just been awesome, totally awesome. And I love the way you referred to um, miracles, miracles and um, Lori um, making us ready for this revelation, that it's a revelation of who we are, who and what we are, that we are God himself. Each and each and every part in every aspect of this wholeness, seeing itself as itself and learning to see in this new way, in this new beginning, learning to hear, hearing itself, just hearing, simple hearing, just seeing, simple seeing, simply Simply seeing, simply hearing. Oh, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm really, <laughs> I'm, I'm totally out of the water. I'm in the ocean. I don't know where I am. <laughs> Our Father calls to us, and we hear His voice, and 
his holiness itself, whose holiness his own creation shares, whose holiness is still a part of us. Amen. I'm complete. It's beyond words, but it's beautiful the way the, the book tries to help us under capital understand who we are. And I'm so grateful for all of you being here together, capital together, as one with me this morning. Amen. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. So thankful for you as well. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Can you feel my loving embrace? (laughs) I got my arms all around you guys this morning. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for being one with me. Gotcha. Good morning. Karen here. Um, I I loved in the reading, in the text reading today, the way it was talking about how we assign roles to our brother and ascribe roles to them based on how they're going to be useful to us, usefulness to me, you know. I ascribe the roles. If I ascribe the roles, then I can judge that they're either meeting them or not meeting them. Um, I went back to yesterday's reading and the, the, the choice to give up unwanted states of mind so that was like a tie-in because if I feel um, something disharmony, some disharmony with my brother, I want to give up that unwanted state of mind. And this reading says, go into the stillness. Just go into the empty place. It's like drop everything, drop every thought, drop every idea, and go to the inner altar and to the stillness. With, to the place where you ascribe no meaning to anything from the ego mind. There's no, no uh, likes or dislikes, no wants, no agenda, um, no association from the past, nothing. Um, when I was reading the lesson this morning, I was thinking, oh, God, I want to know your effects. I want to know your attributes. I want to feel your attributes. I want the experiential, you know, ex- uh, knowingness of being your effect because I want to create like you. I mean, I want you to create through me. And it came to me in the meditation that, um, Lori, when I ask you for prayer, I mean, it is so immediate and so miraculous. It just shocks me. The other day I asked for prayer for my daughter, and she, that afternoon, had a beautiful afternoon with her father, which is super rare. I mean, they they have had a lot of problems recently. And yesterday she got a job. I'm going to say please continue to pray for her because getting the job and showing up for the job might be two different things, you know. (laughs) But I hope she goes. 
so she can pay her rent by herself this month. But that is creating like God. When the prayers to the divine manifest correction on this plane of the earth, it's like the mind of God is creating through us, you know. What are the attributes of God that we share? In this lesson, it said that we share his attributes, his light, his peace, his love, his joy, his wisdom, his clarity, his truth, you know, his gentleness, his, his sensitivity to what's going on in the present moment, you know, or mindfulness, and however you want to say that. Um, so... I feel like my ego is still is still squirming and fighting for its its own life, you know, to to have its own way. And I am so grateful to be taught, you know, what the course is teaching us, the unlearning of the learning that we were given when we became conditioned in this lifetime through the ego to unlearn that and to learn the new way, which is emptiness. Spirit woke me up at 4 a.m. and one of those very, very, very rare occasions when I got up and I sat and all my intention was is openness, emptiness, receptivity, thankfulness, that I don't have to do anything. I don't have to make anything happen. I don't have to, I can rest in God. I need to do nothing and just be open. And, you know, if I were in my judging mind, I might say, oh, it wasn't so great. I looked in the mirror afterwards, and I wasn't like a light being, like full of light, which I used to be. Or even if I do a meditation with um, my meditation group on Sundays, I mean, after that, I look in the mirror, and I am like, I look 30 years younger and full, full of beauty and light. It wasn't like that, but I did feel that expansiveness that Judy is always talking about, I felt like I wasn't Karen, you know? It felt like I'd gone into a place where there's just oneness and just beingness and no uh, lower self, small self identification. It was past that. It felt expansive. It felt expansive in spirit. And... Um, I certainly choose not to judge it. Um, it's been hard for me to to join these three worlds because I had three different spiritual paths so far this lifetime. The first path was strictly meditation, you know, very, very, very strict. And so sometimes that mind from that teacher comes up and judges, you know, of course, miracles people. <laughs> Because he was very, very strict. I mean, I could tell you and give you examples, but it would, you know, it doesn't matter. The second path was Amma's path and being in the ashram and doing seva and working as a group and, you know, being exhausted and giving up your comfort and, you know, having absolute, complete ecstasy and bliss sometimes, spiritually speaking. But this is a completely different thing. This is like right-mindedness. This is the correction of how we hold this experience. And in the first path, it was very, it was very judgmental. You know, 
meditators and non-meditators, people who were awake and people who were not awake. And, you know, this is not that. This is, this is absolutely moving into the place of no opinion whatsoever and no, non-duality. So um, it's, 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 sometimes it's interesting and challenging not to see through the lenses of those other spiritual paths. But um, I'm very grateful to be here. I'm so grateful. Every day is a little bit better. And I almost feel like we're going to have a graduation, 365 days. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for letting me share. I'm complete. <laughs> Boy, that last gave me goosebumps, Karen. <laughs> what a way of wonder, huh? Thank you so much for that beautiful share. Thank you, Karen. Good morning. Thank you, Karen. I, the one statement, I just got on back on the phone in time to hear you say, there's nothing I need to do. I'm, you know, God's love handles it all. Oh, I just want to say one thing, and then I'm just going to let my mind be quiet. I am willing to know that everything I see is simply a thought that I had and that if it does not bring love and peace, it is not real. And I've been willing to experience the effects of the thoughts that were not true. And I've been allowing myself to feel my fear today with the backing of I am an effect of God. I am a love wave. I came to the conclusion that I was a love wave in our talk earlier in the workbook call. And when I realized that God is love and I am an effect, I am love. I am a love wave going out into the world. I'm a love wave within myself. That is who I am, that is what I am, that is what I do, <laughs> because I'm an extension of God. Oh, my God, everything just takes on, it's just I know that, that everything is for me. It's not happening to me, it's happening for me. And it can be uncomfortable at times, vacillating between how I used to look at the world and how I made the constructs, like judgment, judgment. Um, you know, it's non-duality. There's no opinion. I have had such strong opinions about the world and what happiness would bring me and who I am and what I am and what other people are to me. And, and boy, they're just coming up in spades right now. And it's, it's, it's like the darkness before the dawn. It's like everything coming up to be looked at and seen, you know. And, and I felt so scared for a moment when I realized, okay, this is just the stuff that's not true, and, and I'm feeling the effects that it's had on me, believing it all this time. And when I realized that, I just let the wave of feeling go through me, and I felt this love. It's like everything really is okay. Even, and the more things fall apart on the outside um, that I think I need for my happiness, <laughs> that's not a cause for fear. That's a cause for celebration because I am now willing to allow my life to show me that this isn't it. 
and I can let them go. It's like floating debris on the ocean, and I'm afraid I'm going to be um, a wave that's overcome, and I'm going to disappear. But I don't need to grab the debris that is, is washing over the ocean because... I am not a separate body in the ocean needing to grab something to, to survive. I am actually part of the ocean. I am the wave. And I'm allowing all this stuff that I thought I needed to just be taken away on that wave of love. And when I let go of it and feel what is coming to me and through me, the love of God, that wave of love, the ocean that is, is really who and what I am. It's like, wow, <laughs> I'm just surfing blissfully on this ocean. So it's just, it's just amazing. But I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm going in and out of fear and love. And what I'm realizing is it's because my commitment to let go of what isn't true is so strong. And I'm willing to feel anything and everything I need to to let it go and to be who I am, which is a love way. I am God. <laughs> I am a wave of God. Thank you. Oh, I love waves. And I go out into my world, smoothing out the waters of fear because a love wave can only bring love. Thank you, God. I am complete and I'm still processing, but thanks for letting me share because the more I'm able to express and experience these the truth, the more grounded I am and the more people, the people in my life also can feel it. So thanks, you guys. I'm complete. Thank you, Mindy. I'm so happy you're having that experience. Thank you, Wendy. It's lovely. Thank you, Mindy. I'd like to go back to the text. If someone else isn't There's other people that might like to share. I'll wait. Thanks, Jude. This is Ida. I'm sorry I was hardly able to be on the call so far today in the last couple of minutes. Um, I found out yesterday from my sister that my mom in Virginia died a couple of days before that. And I've been kind of busy with, with talking with her and my sons and stuff like that. But, um, so, thank you, I'm complete. Well, thanks for letting us know about that, Ida, and we're sure going to keep you in our thoughts and prayers. Yes, Ida, I'm holding you in my heart. Thank you so much. Peace, my dear. Yes. I am forever an effect of God. Is that right? Is that the one for today? Yes. It is. Cool. And yes, you are. Yeah. I am. Well, my body is an effect of the ego, but the eternal me, who is mom is eternal too, the real her, you know, right? And the eternal me is forever in effect of God. That's the only thing that could be forever is 
our real, our true selves. That it was, I guess, was created outside of time, and and uh, we'll still be there. We'll still be there when, like he says, when time is over, when we're finished perceiving time, and we're in the real world, or we're in heaven. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. You know, there's um, something that just came to mind here that I think is really relevant to this section, and that is that beautiful quote uh, early in the work. It says, whenever you meet a brother, uh, it's a holy encounter. It's in chapter 8, paragraph 19, I think. Whenever you meet a brother, it's a holy encounter. As, and this is so very true and so uh, on point with today's reading. It says, as you see him, you will see yourself. As you think of him, you will think of yourself. As you treat him, you will treat yourself. Never forget this and never leave anyone without offering salvation to him. Um, that's in chapter 8 and earlier than that in chapter 5 he says I can give away the thought of unity as well as I can give away the thought of separation any idea I share I strengthen and if I share the idea of unity the idea of holiness I've strengthened it in my mind but I've also strengthened it in the mind I share with my brother you see if I choose to do the opposite uh, my brother is separate from me he um, has has nothing I have or I have something he has not that's how I'm gonna see myself and like you Karen I, I used to think you know lesson 73 is I will there be light and I used to think and and there are even teachers of the course who teach this Um, that there's an expectation that with my body's eyes I'm going to see some blinding light or I'm going to see uh, something dazzling uh, that is staggering but in my experience it's not like that in my experience it's, it's more than I could possibly have ever imagined in a thousand lifetimes to realize or have that experience of unity I come that's why he says empty your mind you know I come with an expectation of what holiness or what love or what God or what Christ is but he wants me to know that I can't even stretch as far as it really is and he'll give me he'll give me exactly what I need and it will be to my astounding realization that I didn't even know that was what I needed you know he holiness reads reads my needs better than I could possibly articulate them or even experience them in my awareness and then it fills my need and fills it even more you know and so perhaps for some people it is a dazzling experience of light um, but no no 
that what what the mind is given is precisely what the mind needs in the way it needs it in a way that uh, lights up understanding when I offer anything forgiveness and um, and, and so I just wanted to respond to that um, because it was a misunderstanding that I had for a long time in fact uh, I had it so deeply that I refused to do any further lessons after lesson 73 because I couldn't make manifest light not because um, not for any reason except that I had an expectation of what that meant and I let those go my needs will be satisfied in such a way that I'll recognize I didn't even know that's what I needed but it was um, and that's that's kind of like what a miracle is for me so I wanted to bring that up and especially Ida how you said uh, your mother is your mother is a being in Christ as much as as much as as we all are and the door is round and open and beings are going forth and back between the worlds all the time you know um, her body may be absent but you know you know so I'm glad you said that I'm complete thank you I believe that since that time and before that time that I found out that that since I found out I felt her presence with me more strongly it's a very holy presence a presence of love you you um I hate to make distinctions that the course is always telling me not to make between anything and anything really, but it seems like a mother's love is the holiest kind of love, the purest kind of love that you know never dies. I'll never stop loving my kids even when when my physical body is not here, you know. So, or when I'm not in it anymore, whatever you want to call it. So, um, um, anyway, thank you. I'm complete. Absolutely right. Every loving, every loving journalist. Isn't that incredible? Thanks, I do. I really would like to. to to refer back to the text, if I may. Um, but it's close to the top of the hour, so I'll wait again. Thank you. Is there anyone who'd like to share you. who hasn't had an opportunity? I think Judy's, Judy's sharing the talking stick here for a second. Anyone who hasn't had a chance uh, or step forward yet? Well, 
you have the talking stick, Judy. No, the um, the text reading today speaks of illusions, and it speaks of um, being in conflict or opposition. It speaks of appearances and forms, images that we've made of ourselves in the dream, and perceiving those images and appearances and form as our reality. And I I think this is all. You know, the course is this <laughs> way of going it. Okay, let's let's hear it again. Let's talk about it again. Let's realize what the truth is again today. Um, that the the um, in the second paragraph of the text it says, "Let us review again what seems to." And Ida, I heard you say those words, "seems to," and the whole time, the very first from the very first time. I ever read the course, and I've been reading it every day, every single day since 2006. The words beyond and the word seems to, both are very significant to me and my capital understanding. And I just, I can't help but shout it out this morning because without under, this understanding, I would never come to know the truth of who I am. And um, that in my delusions, in my deluded mind, in my split mind, I confuse compassion for the dream, in the dream. The dream is one big reflection, one big hand mirror of God, the whole thing. We've read about creation in the theme of creation, and it's just everything. It's an idea, a thought a feeling, a perception. There's no place where God is not in any of it. There, it's seamless and whole, and it, in its unity, its holiness. And to take one part, even one thought out, and say, I shouldn't be thinking that, I shouldn't be feeling that, I'm wrong, is what the Course is teaching us is an impossibility. There's no way we can distort it, change it. It's changeless. The whole thing in its entirety, in its unity, in its holiness. And to come to that, to that capital understanding, you know, it's, it says, let's review what seems to stand between me and the truth of who I am. It's, and they need, there's steps that I need to relinquish. First, that truth is, is something that I can establish, that this, this is more real this is unreal. Everything is real. Everything is true. Everything is God. There's no place where love is not. <laughs> and this is like, really? Really? This is what he's saying. The formless is in the form. The form is in the formless. There's no place where, where there's any edges. There's no lines, there's no boundaries, there's no distinctions. So, you know, wanting to control the dream, thinking, you know, that there's, there's something in the dream that needs to be fixed, that's not happening, like, Lori, you spoke of, not happening exactly as it should, that everything is all right, whether I think so or not. Because it's, the, the, you know, I can think it's not, 
but like Karen said, how does that make me feel? You know, it's it's the choice to be in the oneness that establishes our changeless state of seeing everything as myself and not in opposition to anything, not separate from anything, not alone or afraid of anything. So, you know, the whole ambiguity of, of the ego making special relationships and writing, wanting to write the script, you know, wanting someone to do something differently, wanting Judy to do something differently. It's like, you know, I, I, I can't only be who and what I am. And to relax, to be completely relaxed and okay in my own skin and to just be authentically who and what I am today, exactly how I feel, is okay. And if I'm okay with myself being okay with that, then everything else, I'm okay with everything else too. (laughs) If I'm at peace with myself, peace is the inside job. You know, that I I can't fulfill anybody's function for their happiness, for their peace, for their joy. I can't do that for anybody. I can't possibly know what that is what their role and how they fulfill their function. I can't barely figure out my own function. How do I stay at peace? How do I stay happy in, 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 in appearances of form that I've judged as unacceptable, radically unacceptable to me in, in opposition to them? But what are we asking for? What am I asking for from anybody? Just please hear me. Please see me. Please know me. Please love me. And know that's what everybody's asking for, to be seen, to be heard. In that paragraph 18, before, what does my sister ask me for? What does my brother ask me for? And... Before I answer, listen well to what they're asking. Listen well. Listen well. And it speaks of seeing the image of myself and hearing my voice requesting what I want. And Lori brought that up, that holy, that's the holy encounter in one sentence. As I see your holiness, Do I hear what you're really saying to me in spite of the words you may be using? You may be screaming at me in anger. Am I hearing what you you really want me to hear you say? Am I really listening to what needs to be heard today in whatever anybody is saying to me? This is the art of listening to me. This is the art of listening to what really needs needs to be heard. First and foremost, in my own heart, if I can't listen to what needs to be heard in Judy's heart, I can't hear anybody else. And that I know for a fact. How could I not hear myself and expect to hear the truth in anybody else if I don't know the truth in myself? First and foremost. And what... The answer that I give 
and this given receiving, this given receiving our one in truth just screams at me today. What I give my brother and my sister is what I want, what I am asking for. And what I give, what am I teaching? It speaks of this. What am I learning? What am I teaching and what am I, what am I learning? And what does the Course tell us in the, in the, in the text about the crucifixion? The message is about the resurrection and to teach only love, to learn only love, learn to hear that. The only thing anybody's ever asking me for, the only thing I can ever share in truth is love. I mean, how simple is that? <laughs> simple, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. And teach only love because that is what I am. And what I learn of him is what I learn about myself. What I learn of him, he's love calling for love. And I'm loving, I'm answering in love. Because I'm loved too. So I guess I got goosebumps and I'm feeling the beat being still coming back to me now. Um, the trumpets. <laughs> the trumpets for the glory. <laughs> the glory and the power of love that's in all of us. If we can only listen and hear it. Seeing, just seeing nothing in between anything I, I see and what is seen. Just seeing. Everything is its capital self. And listening. No listener. No sound heard. Just listening. Hearing only love itself. Amen. I'm complete. Oh, that was a lovely share, Judy. Thank you. And in the spirit of I am forever in effect of God and all enemies are illusions <laughs> um, and how we walk this way together, I would like to end the recording with this beautiful poem. I've looked for a place for it for a long time and I believe this is it. It's from Paralyzed Amadon and it's called The Way away it goes like this once a young seeker asked an old woman mother tell me what is the way what way do you follow she replied the way we follow does not lead it's like wind it has no origin and it seeks no destination I think there's one unmuted line I just tap it it flows everywhere without moving, never straying from this moment. The way we follow is holy and alive. But to call it a way is to make it a thought suitable for the mind, but not the heart. The love wind we follow teaches without instruction. It reveals a path without pointing, accepting what arises. It holds on to nothing, holding on to nothing. It embraces all things. Following the way one is gentle and does not defend or claim to know. Not knowing, one goes the way in wonder. The way has no abode, yet it is home. 
in the evening friends gather and sing at dawn they go their way without leaving having no abode they are free free they are unafraid of rejection and death unafraid they give comfort to the comfortless if someone asks them who they are they say a friend the way we follow does not separate or declare nor does it draw attention to itself loving it has no need to possess intimate its secret remains secret though it is most holy it is not special it belongs to all beings and is never withheld no one and nothing is outside of the way but few know it to know the way is to be the way kind the way is naturally kind curious it laughs with amazement if you do not know the way be kind if you do not know the way be curious then like a leaf warmed in the sun in autumn you will turn gold then brittle then earth and never stop living I think that's a beautiful um, a beautiful declaration of walking the way in unity I'm gonna tap that line again <laughs> so I'm really um, I'm really uh, humble that I'd have a place to share that poem and a perfect place and lesson to couch it in thank you everyone and um, as we prepare for Thanksgiving I hope we um, stay centered in the heart of thanks and uh, I love you guys we'll see you tomorrow and uh, we'll end the recording and many of us will stay on the call I have to go uh, do some vegetable work um, but in my heart uh, I'm always with you that sounds like a really crazy thing to say but it's pretty true so